Thought Bubble Audio. Okay. Shall we then? Yes, we shall. Excellent. We shall. Great. (laughs) We seem great. We are great and good. Yep. Yes. And we are going to talk about this with the same ease and grace as a showrunner talking about an episode of a television that you just watched 30 (laughs) seconds before. (laughs) Welcome to Hey, Watch With Us. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm Kelsey. I guess we're here now. (laughs) And it's time to Hey, Watch With Us. We already did that part. We're fine. It's fine. I'm keeping the flow. <laughs> the flow is great. The flow is very good. Oh, boy. <laughs> so with that. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who are here now to talk about how people talk about shows. Yes. Yeah. Um since we're in the quarantine spirit, though, mm. I feel like we need to start this episode pre-dick. Um, with- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I do think the introduction of today's topic is going to have multiple plot twists it for is. people who don't know what's coming. It is. Um, yeah. But before we dive into that, I think we need to talk about our latest segment, um, Kirsty and Kelsey's quarantine corner, all K's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and <laughs> we're in it. <laughs> all right, lay um, it on me. Well, we've been sharing what we've been watching that's actually good and not bad during quarantine. So oh, I decided yeah. it, it needs a segment name. <laughs> <laughs> you mean when that's not, like, the real topic that we're doing that day? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I feel like there's a couple quick things we should mention here. The first being all of our feelings about Parks and Rec. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm not here that... to attack you with feelings. Like, let's just... <laughs> no, I just... It was perfect. And... Yes. If you... I, I heard of one person... Who had a differing opinion. And I, I just want to say... I heard of two as of today. Uh, I just want to say, if you're out there and you had an opinion that was anything beyond it was fine, but nostalgia matters. Like, that's as, yeah. as lukewarm as I'll allow the bar to be set. Yeah. If your feelings on the matter are any more lukewarm than that, I mm-hmm. don't want to hear it. I don't have the space in my life right now. Yeah, No. <laughs> <laughs> it was objectively a good thing that made me feel good, and it made a lot of people feel good, and it was the right thing for me right now. You know what made me feel the best about watching Parks and Rec? What? Just that you watched live TV. Oh my god, I watched live TV, and it did take, like, somewhat of an act of God. I don't think my husband and I have ever been more of a team. Than we were in the moment when we realized it was at 8.30 and not 9. And that my child was still awake and my TV was not ready to receive live television. Yep. And he ran to the basement to try to get it set up and I threw my child into her crib. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) I was really amazing. How, when pressed, you can condense a 15-minute bedtime routine into approximately 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's really great. It's really great. <laughs> that was so good. It was so good. And another thing that was so good is that I watched Never Have I Ever on Netflix that just came out this week, and it's a delight. You can... Certainly watch it in one day. I've watched it twice in one week. It's fine. (laughs) That's what I was going to bring, because I'm watching it, because for once, I'm timely with the content. You're so timely with the content. I think, like, TBD on if we need to have an episode about it, but, um, yeah. You're a few episodes in, right? 
I'm three or four episodes in. That's so exciting. How many episodes are there? Ten. I think. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm kicking right along. You sure are. And it's great. And it is very delightful. Very delightful. And like, is again, kind of like Miracle Workers, it's not asking much of you. Uh, no. It, I take that back. <laughs> uh <Uh-oh. laughs> it, it demands some feelings by the end, but... Uh-oh. So it's not everything... asking much yet, is what you're saying. Yeah. Episodes one through nine demand nothing of you. Episode ten demands, like, a bottle of wine and some tears. <coughs> well, that's good to know. But what else is new? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it literally, all it asks of you is that you remember having ever been uncool in high school. Right. Which, like, if you were cool in high school, that might be a different emotional conversation with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's fair. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, and then I started Normal People on Hulu last night. And I was alarmed, and I bought the book last night, and now I'm forcing myself to read it before I watch more. (laughs) (laughs) I went back on our conversation. Yep. Yep. I'm not surprised to hear that, to be honest. No. Kelsey asked me if she should start watching it, given that she was planning to read the book first. And I was like, whatever, you need content, just, like, watch it. And she's like, all right, fine. But I, I yeah. felt in my heart it probably wasn't where you wanted to be. It it was until I realized that it might be more for me than I knew up front. Oh, uh-oh. And then I, I got nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Is that so. what you were reading on your deck today? Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Guys, the weather was, was good really today. Nice. It was so good. I read we for had- like an hour on my deck. Uh, I had my windows in my sunroom open, and so I was sewing in my sunroom, which basically made it seem like I was outside. It's pretty great. Yeah. How are which, your like, new windows in terms of, like, opening them? Oh, my God. So last <laughs> summer, um, talk about Quarantine Corner. This is, like, the Kirstie and Kelsey experience. Um, so last summer, I had new windows put in my sunroom because the old ones were janky we'll just say yeah yeah. um so these ones open and close um impressive yeah and they open and close so easily that i can do it one-handed wow um there are no loose plastic bits that flap around Mm -hmm. and hit you in the face when you open and close them (laughs) that's always good that's also a huge plus um my only complaint about how easily my windows open and close is that they also lock very easily but so Mm -hmm. easily that it's not always possible to tell if both sides of the window are firmly closed before you lock it Mm. because it just flips locked so you're like great yep versus my old windows which had to be in like you had to have like surgical precision in terms of where exactly the window sat in the frame in order to turn the lock even halfway (laughs) (laughs) i have a few of those (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- yeah. The other windows in our house that we have not replaced yet are much like that. Oh, yeah. Um. So that's my only complaint is that they lock too easily. <laughs> if that's your only complaint, you're living in pretty good <laughs> life right now. <laughs> I also read an article um, like the summer that we got them replaced about how you shouldn't replace windows for energy efficiency because windows are inherently inefficient. But I now have a year of data and those windows easily keep the room 10 degrees hotter or cooler, whichever way you want it to go, mm. than the previous windows did. So that sounds efficient to me. That sounds efficient. Yeah. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's a converted <laughs> three-season porch. So what do you want? I was thinking to myself today, as we were doing some little house projects, <laughs> that homeownership is literally just... Paying money to fix other people's mistakes. Yes. <laughs> and then in 10 years, paying more money to, to fix maintain your own. your own mistakes. Yeah. 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 It's great. It's a never-ending it's cycle. What, yeah. It's just what you want. Yep. But anyway, I think that's um, it for so- our quarantine corner, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that ought to do. All right. <laughs> we've, we've recorded 15 minutes of episode. I hate myself. <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> We're going to keep this to a tight 60. Sure. Sure, sure. All signs wanna, point that direction. Do, do you want to tell the good, loyal listeners? <laughs> um, Our good, patient, kind <laughs> listeners. Yes. What what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> so, want to let them in on the joke? <laughs> <laughs> so, we wanted to take a break from specific content and do something vaguely topical. It's not topical in the sense that there's anything in particular going on at this moment, except for one inciting incident. Yeah. <laughs> but we will get to that one. Yes, we will. But we wanted to talk about inside the episodes, those yeah. little specials that showrunners and directors and producers do at the end of their episode. In an episode that we are lovingly calling Inside the Dick. Are we loving... <laughs> I'm lovingly calling it that because I okay. love that very much. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it really has a lot to do with how much I love us. Actually. <laughs> it's the story of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and basically what happened there, if you weren't with us for Game of Thrones, which I know some of you were, but uh the Daves, who were the the creative minds behind Game of Thrones. Yeah. were the stars of Inside the Episode for Game of Thrones. And yes. they're dicks. They're dicks. So, here we are. It's Inside mm -hmm. the Dick. <laughs> and the more I thought about it, preparing for this episode, the more I was like, yeah, I think that's fair for this... Is it a genre? For this... Uh, it's not a genre, it's a... Format? Yeah. Platform? It's a bite-sized piece of content. Mini content. Content series. <laughs> um, it's dumb. <laughs> They're, yeah. And so I have, I have, like, a couple of, like, guiding questions... And then okay. I have, um, like, a, a versus, an example of a good one and an example of a bad one. And I want to hold them up against each other and talk about it. And then I want to yell. <laughs> a good one, bad one, if you will. <laughs> a good one, bad one, if you will. Um, and then I want to yell about a, a specific figure in our lives in this moment in time. I, I like that framework that we're working with here. Okay. Okay, so if for whatever reason you don't know what we're talking about, I would describe these as like three to five minute yep. segments that air mostly after like prestige air quotes dramas occasionally after other shows. It's usually like whichever show is like keeping the lights on at the network that moment. Yeah, anything that's got enough buzz around it. And it's about 50% talking heads with mainly producers and, like, key cast people. Mm -hmm. And 50% clip show. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to jump the gun about the purpose of these <laughs> <laughs> segments. <laughs> but... I think they're, like, they're the offshoot of the, like, DVD extra. Yeah, basically. exactly. They come from the tradition of, like, the commentary tracks on DVD 2 of the yeah. four-disc set. Yep. And they're meant to give you, like, a little bit more about what you just watched I have some thoughts about what's useful and what isn't useful. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but should I just get into it? Yeah. So I 
here are the two things that I ask myself before every Inside the Dick. Okay. What does the audience want out of them? Like, why? I just watched an hour of content and I sat through the fucking dumbass credits with whatever, like, Easter egg song they decided to play over it that week. Yeah. Why am I now going to sit here and listen to a producer talk about the episode I literally just watched for three more minutes. Right. Why? But, like, genuinely, not just, like, salt sure. in a salty way. Sure. But then also, what does the, like, producer, director, or network, or, like, whoever is using this platform, like, what do they want to, like, be handing to the audience through this mechanism like why are they agreeing to take the time out of their presumably busy schedule to record because in theory they do like an entire season's worth in like one day because they're always wearing the same yeah. outfit yeah so like why what's in so it for them? to me the inside the episodes in some cases read as a an offensive PR move mm. to get the jump on certain things that someone has flagged in some way. Mm-hmm. And what that tends to look like is the personalities that they have on there basically explaining things that you already saw. <laughs> yes. And my issue, it like mainly it's around like motivations of the characters or like reasons for the narrative to be happening in the way that it's happened, which is all yes. stuff that you know from watching it. So like right. I don't understand <laughs> why we need showrunners to c- explain to us what the narrative sh- should already be explaining on its own. Like, <laughs> if your show is doing its job, <laughs> we don't need this. That was always my biggest beef with the Daves. Yeah. Um, because they would literally get up there and be like, Danny burned down King's Landing because she was mad. Yeah. And And that would be the entire inside the dick. And it was like, bro... I was there. Right. Like, I I literally just watched this. Like, got anything new for me? Where I think that takes a twist is our friend mm-hmm. Matthew B. Roberts over at Outlander. So I only got to watch one of those. So I would like you to tell me more. <laughs> okay. I think, so he does that very much, where he'll just sit there and recap point blank for you exactly what happened in the episode. Yeah. But then he does this added thing. He is a little deeper than the Daves, which is not a compliment. It's just kind of a statement. (laughs) Sure. Um, Because the Daves are super vapid. Yeah. But Mustache does this thing where he tells you point blank what the character did. And then he tells you... What he, as the producer, did to handhold you, the audience, who may have been too dumb to pick it up left to your own devices. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had some quotes written down from him. Um, We will get to the most egregious example of this, but it's always these, like, little backhanded comments where he's like, we added a line to make sure that the audience knows. Yeah. Yeah. It's become increasingly clear, not just to us, <laughs> that there's a certain voice in that writer's room. Yep. And we know who that voice is. Yeah. There are definitely, in part because of these Inside the Episode specials where you get to hear how his mind works. It's yeah. like very illuminating when you then watch the show itself because there will be like lines in the show where you're like, oh, Matthew wrote that one. Yeah. Like, you know, he was in the background just, like, screaming, get this in there! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, Tony Graffia was probably, like, at the other end of the table, like, oh my god, will you shut up? (laughs) Yeah. 
It's it's not good. No. They're they're like the eye roll line, whatever that is. Yes. You you hear it and you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you hear not? any line at all where you're like, Ugh. Or I get it. <laughs> what, what was the like singing one? I'll sing from for recent you always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Ugh. Or like he's had a couple because, where like Because he's a singer, you know? Yeah, he's a singer who Let let's inside the dick this. <laughs> has some complications with singing. So now it's poignant that he is metaphorically talking about singing. Yes. We added that in there just just so you knew. We wanted to make sure that the conflict between the two characters was was related to yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you know like the thing that gets talked about in the fandom all the time this is where like the idea of it being a jump on pr which i think you're right especially for mbr is um is interesting because he's shooting himself in the foot because he says shit like that the fandom watches it and then the fandom runs around being like you blatantly do not respect us and our brains and our ability to interpret things from the fiction right it totally backfires um two different directions we can go on this particular track i can either give you the counter example Mm -hmm. of a friend who does it well or yeah we can start yelling about the time mbr did it real bad no, let's give the example, and then we'll get back on track. Great. Because that's just going to hang over our heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a cloud that follows you through the scene that he would definitely add. <laughs> we wanted to convey the darkness of the mood. Oh, don't get me started on darkness. I. <laughs> <laughs> a whole different ball of wax and you can listen to that <laughs> our watch has ended our short-lived game of thrones podcast <laughs> anyway please carry on so so this is going to contain outlander spoilers so if you do not want any outlander spoilers for season five skip ahead i don't know a minute skip ahead some amount yeah. of time but in the episode where Roger is hanged, and it, the episode after he's hanged, where he's, yeah. like, processing his trauma. Yes. It was a very controversial episode because Matthew B. Roberts decided that it was time to do some experimental film school shit <laughs> and do this, like, motif with silent film imagery to... Yes represent the way that Roger is experiencing the flashbacks of his trauma and to help guide us to the moment where he has his big emotional breakthrough and officially processes his trauma and begins to move on with his life. But let's also not forget that he is, during this time, silent. (laughs) Yes. And also... There was a flashback involving silent film. Yes. <laughs> that, to me, that of that whole episode, that was the most egregious part, is that they had to shoehorn the concept of silent movies in there. So they just, like, invent right. this scene that <laughs> no one in the fandom can figure out when it's supposed to take place. Right. The two of them in the future and going out on a date and Bree's like, let's have a silent movie marathon. <laughs> just no how about mustache you just sit down with your bad idea (laughs) so that episode was controversial yeah it continues to be controversial in the fandom whatever (laughs) people make artistic choices sure cut now to the inside the episode which for this season of outlander is meryl davis yeah meryl who's one of the executive producers. Everyone's and an executive producer on this show, though. So it's true. There's so many fucking executive producers. I have questions about this. I have... We'll get there later. Maybe about not. About the number of executive producers. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. 
every writer is an executive producer, and that's incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Not that many people need that much power, and that's why this show is bad now. Okay. Although it's probably also the thing that helped Sam and Kat with the contract negotiations. (sighs) But anyway. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) We'll save that for next week. Yeah. Um, so, so it's him and Meryl sitting in these armchairs where they look, they like can't even sit all the way back. I've never seen two people sit so awkwardly in a chair. (laughs) They literally look like people who forgot how to sit. (laughs) (laughs) And Matthew B. Roberts has this little grin on his face before they even start speaking. And he's got his hands clasped together like a mustache twirling villain (laughs) yep he just knows he knows what's coming yep and he opens and he's like episode 50 whatever the fuck yeah title of episode which was something dumb (laughs) and he's like now this one (laughs) and he goes off into this whole thing about how we the audience need to stop Right now. And before we watch this inside the episode, we need to rewatch the proper episode and process our feelings and, like, sit with our feelings. And then we can come back and watch the inside the episode. Because he just really thinks we need to think about it. And there might be some things that we missed the first time around. There might be some things you missed the first time around, he said (laughs) to the camera. (laughs) In a room presumably full of crew. (laughs) And (laughs) he goes on to just like wax poetic about the risks that they took in this episode and how it was such a risk. But, you know, that's what you do with art, is you take risks. And blah, blah, blahing about what the silent film imagery meant to him and to Roger, and why it made total sense, and how, like, even though it's weird for Outlander, it's okay that he did it, because it, like, keeps the fans on their toes. And it's like, no fucker, it's weird for Outlander because it literally does not fit stylistically into the rest of the canon of the show. Right. (laughs) This is not following brand guidelines. No! Like, it turns out that cohesion is also um, good. You know, I just want to thank you, Kirstie, because when we... When I was thinking about recording this episode, and I didn't think I was going to be able to access these inside the dicks, I was going to make you do a MBR impersonation <laughs> on the spot, and you just did it for me <laughs> without me even asking, and it was beautiful. <laughs> I have, like, the image burned into my brain of him not sitting in this chair the right way because literally he like has his legs crossed sometimes and he just you know that episode of Parks and Rec where Leslie goes bowling and she has that moment where she doesn't know how to stand (laughs) yes it's like that like have you ever been in a furniture store and you go to sit down in a chair and it looks really deep but then like the back is like awkwardly not or like awkwardly too far forward so then you're both like leaning back and slouched forward Uh uh-huh They've got that vibe. <laughs> and also, he's smug. He's so smug. <laughs> like, you you literally don't know how to sit in a chair, and you are trying to school me right now on <laughs> watching an episode for the first time. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, like, I... <sighs> I know. There's, it would take a lot of, it would take a separate episode to really unpack the number of issues with it. I respect you as an audience. I think you can fill in the blanks as to why that was a bad thing, he said. Yes. (laughs) So, I watched a couple of other versions of Inside the Dick today. Mm Mm-hmm. And 
They weren't better. <laughs> no, they're not. I don't even know which ones you watched, but... I watched Succession because I was thinking of, like, we've seen Game of Thrones, I want to see another HBO one. Mm. And that was, like, strictly um, recapping and talking about, like, why a character's motivated to do a certain thing, which, like, hmm. that's literally the entire point of the show, is to yep. watch people make choices and understand why they're making those choices. Mm-hmm. Great. Not helpful. I watched a Better Call Saul one from mm-hmm. this season, from, like, the best episode from this season. And that was a not good either. It was similar. It was, like, more, like, close to five minutes, which I feel like is really long. Oof. That's a lot. And, yeah, it was a couple of different people who spoke, but, again, it was, like, all narrative recap. And then I watched a Shit's Creek one that is, like, a cast roundtable. Mm-hmm. I've seen one of those. I can't... I feel like the concept is better, but the execution wasn't good on the one that I saw, because it was still recapping, and yep. I feel like if you if you're gonna bring your cast together, then you should be talking about like things that they were thinking during that time, or like things that happened, or funny stories, or like something that they can bring besides just a recap. They were like certainly having more fun than they do most have fun. people do. Which is the fair. one that I watched, they did do more of the funny story stuff. Like, it, I can't remember. There was something about a dress in the episode. I don't remember what. Mm. Um, oh, it was the episode with Moira's fake red carpet, and Ronnie shows up wearing that, like, sequin dress. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and so Dan Levy is talking to that actress, and they're, like, telling stories about how he, like, found it in a thrift store, and it was, like, this whole thing, and whatever. Yeah. And even then, I was kind of like, ugh. Like, that actually was the inside the episode where I realized that I don't like inside the episodes. <laughs> well, my thing is, like, I feel like inside the episodes, just like DVD extras were, are, like, made for media nerds. Yes. It, they should be, anyway. Like, they sh- should be giving you something extra, and when they're just recaps, it's a waste of space. Right. And if they're, like, at least, if you're going to tell me about, like, costuming, that's at least something interesting that I didn't know before I watched it. <laughs> sure. Which is not the same as a recap. So you want more of, like, a behind-the-scenes. Yeah. As opposed and, to, like, like, a plot breakdown. Right. And I watched, I didn't watch, um, I was looking f- to see, just because I was running through, like, shows I'd watched recently, so I was like, what does, like, the Durls and Corfu have one? Because that's, a, I was looking for different networks, and that was, like, mm-hmm. PBS and who the fuck knows in the UK. And I couldn't find, I couldn't, I wasn't clear if it was an inside the episode or not, mm-hmm. but there were, like, web featurettes, and they were, like, really varied so some were like a day on set with so-and-so a day on set with so-and-so mm. some were like here's how we made this set in the uk and this set in greece look the same and like everything had a different topic i yep. think that's another like okay approach like the point of these is to f- you know you're filling the time in between that episode and the next episode mm-hmm. of whatever's running and you're also producing these for like the web content machine so it's like you're gonna throw these on youtube you're gonna throw these on social you're gonna put them on the like website and all this shit and just trying to get people to like stick more with your stuff right so at least having something like varied to offer i feel like helps i think it's also like they should pair with the episode more like that one was super unclear of like did they just make 15 weird clips for no reason? Or were they tied to a certain thing? Like, I think it's helpful to, like, pull something that people are going to be talking about or you think people are going to talk about or remember about it and, like, build it around that. But it shouldn't just be the same thing with, like, half of it being 
clips from the episode you just watched. Right. Well, and I think there could even be, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but there could even be specific episodes where having, like, a recap breakdown from inside the brain of the writer's room could be helpful if there's, like... If there's an artistic choice you don't understand or don't agree with, or if there's some kind of ambiguity that you're, like, trying to work through, even if you don't agree with the choice that the writer made, at least, like, sometimes hearing their thoughts on it, like, like gives you Michael a new way to think back about it. on Jane the Virgin. Yes. Yes. That would have been great. Yeah. Well, and the little bit that I, like, read of interviews and stuff about that was fascinating. Yeah. Like, I'd love to spend more time with that content. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like we were just talking about, we wanted an Inside the Dick for the Parks and Rec special. (laughs) Yes. I would love an Inside the Dick for that. And and I think someone who did this really well was uh, Ronald D. Moore in the first Mm. season or two of Outlander. Tell me about those because I only heard him on the podcast. They were very similar to the podcast. It, like, it almost, you could almost get the impression that stars just filmed him recording the podcast, which they didn't, and then just edited the bits from the podcast to Inside the Dick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that Ronald D. Moore had that consistent of a vision for everything he did. Yeah. Well, he's also a lot more experienced. Like, Mustache, this is his first show that he's showrunning, I'm assuming. Yes, I, that is my impression as well. Um, So he was always, like, very consistent from one to the other. But he talked a lot about not, like, not explicitly what happened in the show, but how he arrived at what happens in the show. So mm-hmm. he recaps as far as he has to in order to give you context for him then explaining or justifying an adaptive choice. I think that's interesting. To From the book to the show. Or yeah. another thing he did a lot, um, which done by the wrong person comes across as defensive, but done by him worked for me, was justify a lot of his artistic choices. Yeah. So he would talk a lot about sex on the show or rape mm-hmm. on the show and how they do or don't decide what what quantities of that to write into the show. Yeah. And like his philosophy around violence or philosophy around I don't know, all kinds of different mm-hmm. things yeah. and how he uses that to guide his writers room and their adaptive choices working from the book to the show. Mhm. Gave me tons of insight. Yeah. Yep. It was so valuable. And he would, like, spend time on plot-specific things from the episode, but it would, it, I don't know, maybe it's just who he is as a person or his ability, his, like, how articulate he is, but he was able to take what happened in that episode and give you enough of a nugget that you could understand how his influences kept like whatever the intent of the scene was or whatever the same but why it was necessary to adapt it a certain way for television for it to arrive to the same emotional place well he's also not like belittling the audience at the same time like he did say frequently that like they made choices because the audience wasn't stupid yes i remember (laughs) that from the podcast too which is like great you're doing your job right I always liked on the podcast that I'm, I don't know if they would have done in the Inside the Dicks, but it's like that type of content was him and his wife, the costume designer, mm-hmm. talking together about like costume in particular and like how those two roles worked together and how like in the wedding episode, like where she got the f- fabric and like how they hand sewed mm-hmm. all these pieces and then how he lingered on the dress longer than most people linger on a costume shot because it was of all these things you know what i mean like it's an interesting story well, because it was all <laughs> yeah and for him it was all like helping you to understand how the behind the scenes stuff crafts the emotional experience you've just had Mm-hmm. because ultimately right. like that's the whole point of the art 
form, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but it's not just, not just making silent movies. It's not just like you don't just like make shit and put it out there. I right. guess. Um, and a lot of what he was getting at is like when you read a book, you use your imagination. When we make a TV show, we have to like do these things to build a world for you to enter into to then feel these things. Right. But, like, that makes sense and is fun to listen to. Yeah. Well, because it's, like, adding to your experience. It's not just repeating it. Right. And it's not judging you or whatever the fuck we would call what Mustache is trying to do. He was also pretty good at not being, like, self-aggrandizing about it. I mean, all producers are to some extent. Um. But the my biggest issue with the way that Matthew B. Roberts is is so stupid in these is that he's so condescending <laughs> about it while also being a complete dingus. Yes. He does not come off as like a terribly intelligent or well-rounded person. And he's no. also telling you that you, the audience, wouldn't have understood it without his help. Right. Yeah. I know we kind of talked about when we were planning this, like, diving into podcasts a little bit, Mm -hmm. because they're tangentially kind of related. Yeah, I think it's all the same family of content. Yeah. And um, the Better Call Saul podcast that I listened to when it first started, so I only probably listened to, like, a season or two of it, it was definitely one of those things where half the episode at least was... Vince Gilligan and whoever he had on with him, like, he seems like a very nice person, and he has (laughs) wonderful things to say about every person, but dear God, not every person you work with is just the most amazing person you've ever met, and they just do such a good job every day. I'm like, okay, I I get it. I get it. That's true on all of them, though. Everybody is convinced they have the best crew in the world, which, like, you I'm do happy for them for <laughs> you great. personally, and that's why you hired them, and that is great. But like, I I get it because we all think that, yeah. And I feel like there's a time and a place to give praise like that. Like, certainly, I was almost disappointed when I watched the Better Call Saul Inside the Dick that I watched because it's a huge um, episode for Kim. Who's like yeah. the only character I care about on that show anymore? Was this the episode I haven't watched in many seasons? But is this the episode where everybody on Twitter just kept tweeting for like three days? Kim fucking Wexler. Yeah, because she's incredible. Okay. And they like almost didn't. They barely even let her talk. And I was like, come Ugh. on, like, like this give- is her episode. Yeah, and like I wanted more of that, and they didn't give it to me. And I'm like, come on. But when I listened to the podcast, it was like half that. But then they had some really good. Um, behind-the-scenes sort of conversations. Like, instead of doing what the Outlander podcast does, which is literally just follow the episode and, like, as the scenes move, the conversation moves that quickly, they would be watching the episode, too, but they would take the time to talk as long as they wanted about whatever it was. (laughs) So, like, there was an early episode that had this, like, single shot that was like five minutes long or something ridiculous and they spent a long time talking about like exactly how they got that you know done and like where there were little breaks that you actually didn't see and like all this stuff and it was like shot with all the the tractor trailers and the border yeah yeah and they spent like so long on it but it was Whenever like actually I think about interesting. These specials, I think about the period of time when you listened to this podcast episode because you texted <laughs> me about it for like days. Because it was cool, but that's yeah. like what you want, right? Like you want people <laughs> to take something away from it. Well, and that was the time when I did actually like first start trying to work my way through Better Call Saul because you were like genuinely, this is like like look at this amazing feat, and now that I know how they did it, it's like even more amazing. Right. Yeah. And another podcast I listened to, and I was going to look up to see if they did Inside the Dick, but I'm pretty sure they didn't, um, was The Americans. But I was thinking a lot about their format for their podcast and how that could maybe translate to Inside the Dick. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it kind of goes into the after shows, almost, that we were talking about, because they had a dedicated host for the podcast that would interview people and bring 
in, like, the right people for the right episode, which actually was, like, interesting. And it was kind of... wasn't the best podcast I've ever listened to, but <laughs> I wonder, like, what a little bit of editorial and <laughs> a host could do to improve the Inside the Dick format. That's fair. Like, having a... A third party who knows how to ask questions and guide conversation. Yeah. In the first few seasons, I, th- I want to say it was the script supervisor or someone who had, like, a key role, but it wasn't, like, a face of the show role. Yep. Yeah. Um, who was doing it, who, like, knew everyone but didn't have to, you know, like, be the PR voice. But then they hired someone external to do the other ones. But even still, like, either way, I think that might help. That makes sense to me, because you need, like, I mean, it's the same reason why, like, panels have moderators. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see many panels where they just send a showrunner up there and are like, well, do your worst. Yeah. I feel like that's what Dan Levy's trying to do on the Schitt's Creek ones, but it gets complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Because it's like, it's like a group hang trying to be an interview which is an uncomfortable middle ground for me yes yes i have a whole hang-up this is what i realized i don't like about inside the episodes i have a hang-up about specifically listening to actors talk about their characters i don't there's something weird about watching an actor in street clothes being like my character is a 18th century Scottish person who fell in love with a whatever. I don't know. I was trying to not think of an Outlander example. And <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you tried. Um, yeah. Where, I don't know. I don't know why it makes me uncomfortable. But then you take that and add this like behind the scenes element where the whole point of it is to kind of shatter the illusion. Yeah. But also with circle jerking. A lot of circle jerking. It's just a lot of pet peeves all in one place. And it, and they never get at whatever it is I was hoping to get in terms of insight about the episode. Mm. Is it because, like, the setup is so awkward? Like, this is all a one-day, like, during media tour situation, I'm assuming. That's always been my impression, and that definitely doesn't help. Like, there's something really bizarre about week after week watching the same producer show up in the same outfit yeah. to talk about a different episode in the in the present tense. And it's also, I understand, like, if you ask me to talk individually about every episode of our podcast for the past ten episodes all at once, I wouldn't remember exactly what happened in each one. I think that's part of, like, where the vagueness comes into play. Mm. So what I was going to say is I think probably the thing that would most help the format is if it wasn't for every episode. Like, I'm not sure every episode of television shows deserve analysis. Um, Inherently in every show, there are some number of episodes per season that are more important than others. Right. And if you could, like... Choose your very special episode? Yeah, like, channel your energy into analyzing the episodes that need it, or giving context to ones that need it, or whatever. Like, do... You could do it as, like, a mid-season special, or, like, a... I don't know what you could do. But that's not the bite-sized content that people want. I would happily watch a five to seven minute special three times a season where it was like beginning, middle, end. And they were like, okay, for this season, here are some of the tensions and themes we're going to play with. Okay, we're midway through the season. Let's examine some of the shit we've been through and how it's an adaptively different or like the choices we've made so far. Oh, look, it's the end of the season. What a journey we've been on together. (laughs) Well, that's where I think, like, topic-driven, like, featurettes come into play. Because, like, 
you say you need three that are narrative focused, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can do one about an episode that had some sort of costuming element, one that had some sort of like location element that was mm-hmm. different. Like, and you can make them different and get different people involved, or just use like footage that you have, like behind the scenes footage, and do a voiceover. You know what I mean? Like you, you can vary them enough that they're at least interesting. I still don't know that I'd ever watch them though. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know why I do. It became a hate watch habit during Game of Thrones because the Daves would just say some wild shit. Mm. They would just get up there and spew words and it would just be buck fucking wild. Yeah. And so I think now I do it out of habit. Mm. And I will say that I I have a similar attitude about it with the Outlander ones right now. Um, Back in the DVD days, I was big into commentary tracks. Mm. But that was, that came from a place of like genuinely wanting to know the technical details and. Right. um, The real nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff, which I'm not sure I'm really in that place most of the time anymore. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Really depends on the content. I believe I listened to a commentary track for at least one Star Wars prequel. And let me tell you, (laughs) I almost didn't make it. (laughs) I have a hard time imagining these days what content I would want a true commentary track over. A Christmas prince, any of them. That would be for sure better with a commentary track. I would watch. I needed to think about it. <laughs> I know that was like you were fucking ready, <laughs> and you are right. Yeah. Why doesn't Netflix make an Inside the Dick? See, Netflix doesn't, which is interesting to me. Actually, they have not bothered. No, but they also don't tend to do traditional press tour. No, they do. I think they just like have a very take-it-or-leave-it approach to their own content. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's is here. We're going to advertise it to you so much that it's like you're a prisoner of war and you can't fucking escape it. Also, I don't give a shit if you ever watch it again. Maybe right. I'll renew it. Maybe I won't. Only I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Netflix. Netflix is, like, <laughs> hilarious right now, too, because they've introduced that, like, top ten feature on the homepage, and they're all coincidentally Netflix original. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> like, weird. So I'm pretty sure Netflix. the top ten are like The Office and whatever else is just being played on repeat everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> nice try. Nice try. You tried so hard. God. Netflix doesn't give a single fuck. Netflix does not care. Yeah. But also Hulu doesn't care, apparently. So like No, but like completely different types of fucks that they don't give over there at Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whole different different. Did we release entirely. something? Who knows? We won't tell you about it. <laughs> you will Are never you interested know. in watching ER from nineteen ninety four? I you know, I had that experience too. I can't remember what show it was, but it was some popular show that a lot of people cared about that it had an episode, like, the day before. And I went on to Hulu, and it wasn't on the, pa- the like, front page. It wasn't in the top ten for search results. I had to, like, put yeah. effort in to find whatever the fuck show this was. <laughs> like, don't make me dig for your original content. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it only serves me in the carousel at the top, the, sa- the shows I've been watching, I'm like, no, I know about those. This is your advertising space. Like, what are Hulu you doing? doesn't show me those. Hulu shows me, like, King of the Hill, and that's it. <laughs> Which I have literally never watched. <laughs> Can you watch King of the Hill for the podcast? <laughs> I, I, I have never seen, like, a single episode. Please do an Inside the Dick on like, King of the Hill for us. <laughs> Wait, wait. Real, like, genuine question. There are, like, four shows I get confused. (laughs) Is King of the Hill the animated one? 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I know what you're thinking of. King of Queens. <laughs> That's exactly the one. They're both the same, I think. <laughs> but then there's like... about dad TV from the early on. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll make it a game show. We haven't done a game show in so long. Oh my god, we have it. (laughs) I'm dying. I cannot believe you just read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Kirsty, unless you have something else to talk about. <laughs> I was, I had had it in my notes to ask at some point what you thought the inside the dick of our podcast would be, but this, this is it. <laughs> we just did it impromptu. <laughs> yep. That was the whole thing. That was the whole thing. <sighs> oh. If you didn't quite get it, I think you should stop here, <laughs> rewind about four minutes, listen again, and then come back to us. <laughs> Take some time. Take some to time. To process your emotions. Think about it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm writing down on TV. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, does that mean we're gonna have to talk about Everybody Loves Raymond some more? Oh, you fucking bet. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh my god. I want to make a game show. I'm gonna work on this. <laughs> Lots happening here, folks. Yeah. All right. All of well, it good. All of it good. If you... Want to participate in the game show, or if you have your own thoughts about our inside the dick, or if you have anything to contribute to our quarantine corner, please <laughs> contact us. You can email us at hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. You can tweet to us at hatewatchwithus. You can visit our website and fill out the listener feedback form at hatewatchwithus.com, or you can tell us through a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, because why not? Yeah. Yeah. We are also... I'm still recovering, I'm sorry. We are also (laughs) members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. They have other podcasts um, that are different than ours, for whatever comfort that provides you. Yeah. And you can find them over at Thought Bubble Audio... FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, or thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com. They have shows like Beer with Geeks and Academy Rewind, which talks about Oscar movies through the ages, um, and other shows that probably don't um, talk about deads as much. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they would know the difference between King of the Hill and King of Queens? You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> Thought Bubble Friends at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Let me know where you stand on this important issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and we will probably be here to shout about Outlander next week, but I don't want to commit to that. Just in case. Yeah. 
It seems likely based on the timeline. Yeah. But hey, so. Eurovision is coming soon also. So, so if you're soon. Worried, if you have Outlander anxiety, just think about Eurovision instead. I almost said Outlander again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. That's another inside the dick I want. I want the Eurovision inside the dick. <sighs> that would be a good one. All right, we're done now. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. <sighs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you doing vocal exercises? <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost and don't know what I'm doing.